If you do have your Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. We begin a new sermon series today that we have entitled Being Made New. Maybe you've seen the graphic for it. We're doing a lot of home improvement. We want to work on self-improvement, on what's going on inside of here. Here's sort of the thinking for this sermon series that we begin today. We've been thinking that the world around us is so crazy right now. And we can't control the things that happen in other countries or even the things that happen in our own capital or even the things that happen in our own community. But as Christians... We can't need to be aware of what's going on in the world, but we also need to be aware of what's going on in our own hearts. And sometimes in times like these, we can get so focused on what's going on out there. And for our sermon series, we want to start thinking about what's going on in here, what's going on in our own hearts. How is it that we can be made new? How is it that we can best respond and grow to all the craziness between factions and friends and family that we see at the current time? So in this sermon series, we're going to be asking some questions. Questions like, how can I become all God wants me to be in these crazy circumstances where God has placed us at the current time? We're asking the question, what are the things that prevent me from being made new. The Apostle Paul gives us one big thing that keeps us from being made new. He lists something here in Romans chapter 7. Be listening for it. I'm going to read beginning in verse 15 to the end of the chapter, and I'll pray for us, and we'll dig in. Hear now God's word inspired through the Apostle Paul beginning in Romans chapter 7 and verse 15. He writes, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law. Waging war against the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Let's pray together as we come to God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for inspiring the Apostle Paul to share this sin struggle that is the Christian life so that we might see what is normal and what the normal Christian life looks like. I pray that you would be with us during this time. Father, we are so distracted by the things that are going on out there in the world. I pray that you would use this time and our reactions to what is going on out there 
in order to do your work in our own hearts. Father, I pray that you would be with us and that you would use this time in this sermon series to help us think about what things prevent us from being made new. And Father, I pray and I ask that you'd be willing to do that even through the sin-stained lips of a foolish preacher. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In this sermon series, we are asking these questions. How can I become all God wants me to be in the circumstances where God's placed me? So we're not ignoring those circumstances. We're allowing them to reveal what is in our hearts so we see what work God needs to do, not just out there, but what work God needs to do in here, in us. We're asking that question, what is it that keeps me from being made new? And the Apostle Paul gives a very direct answer that we need to deal with today. And the answer he gives is this, we're not all God has made us to be, we're not being made new because of indwelling sin. Do you see that in the text? Look with me at verse 15. Let's just walk through it together. Paul states the problem there in verse 15. He says, I do not understand my actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Do you see the problem there? Paul's saying, I want to do good. I want to walk in God's ways. In in chapter 7 here, he's talking about God's law. And he's saying, I want to do the things that the law gives us to do. I want to live that way. That's what I want to do. But what does he say happens? The problem is, I don't do it. I don't do the thing that I want, but what I end up doing is the thing that I hate. I violate God's law. I don't live life the way God designed it to be lived. This is what Paul says, and so that's the problem that he states. And, and keep walking through this. Why is that? What is it that's preventing him from doing that? He says in the next verse, I don't understand my actions. Uh, verse 16, now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. You hear what he's saying? He's saying, look, the problem is not with God's law. I recognize that it is right. It is the safe path. It is the way things ought to be. It's the way that I should live. Because God created all things and he knows how we should live and how humans flourish and how they do best. In fact, up in verse 12, he says that the law is holy and righteous and good. He's saying it's not a problem with the law. It's a problem with me. I want to do what it says. I just can't do it. Keep going. Verse 16, he says, now if I do what I do not want, I agree the law is good. Verse 17, so now it is no longer I who do it, but here it is. Sin that dwells within me. Your translation may say sin living in me. He's saying the problem is not God's law. The problem is this indwelling sin. It's sin dwelling in us, sin living in me. He goes on, verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. We'll talk about that. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. So he's talking about indwelling sin, sin dwelling in me, sin living in me. Then he says, my flesh. It's important that we understand this term. The old NIV says sinful nature. It's hard to translate what this is. Let's talk about it. When Paul says my flesh here, he's not talking about skin. He's not talking about the soft tissues of our physical body. He's talking about something very spiritual. When he talks about indwelling sin or his flesh or his sinful nature, this is what he's talking about. He's talking about vestiges, traces 
of the old person he was before he was made new in Christ. It's one of the things that keeps you from being made new, one of the things that keeps you from being all God made you to be. The flesh, indwelling sin, vestiges, holdovers, particles, parts, traces of the old you that are still living in you. It is true that if you were a child of God, we are being made new. That's true. But if that's true, it also means that we aren't all the way new yet. There's still some of us that contains that old self. And Paul says, that's what it is that keeps me from walking in God's ways. Right? He's saying the law is good. It's set out clearly. I have the desire to do it. I don't have the ability because of the indwelling sin, the old man, vestiges of my old self that still live within me that have not been made new. He calls it sin living in me. This is so practical. Listen, I was on the phone with somebody this week. Folks having some problems in their marriage, having some disagreements. Talk to him, talk to her. This is what she said. Listen to what she said. She said, yeah, I, I, I know what's going wrong. We've been to counseling before. I can tell you, and so they all want to list what's going on, and they always see real clearly what the other person's doing wrong, right? And so I get to the point where I'm turning the conversation. Okay, what is it that you are doing? What is it you're doing to contribute to this? And she said, I know what I'm doing wrong. I see it. We've been to counseling. I, I, I see it before it happens. We've talked about it. I know I'm going to do it again. She said, I know what is right, but I can't do it. I can't stop. This is so practical. That's the, the flesh, that is right where these folks were that I was talking to. In fact, it's so strong, Paul calls it a law. Now, I want to look at this passage with you, right? Now, I know for me, I think a law is something strong, right? I have this appreciation for the law maybe that you don't have. But let's look, because it gets confusing here, because Paul uses the word law five times in the next few verses, and he uses it in some different ways. So let's walk through and make sure we're differentiating, okay? Remember the context. He's been talking about the law of God, but there's this other law that's going on. Watch for it. Look in verse 21. He says, so I find it to be a law. Now, he's using this as a metaphor, Okay, it's a play on words. He's been talking about God's law. He's going to talk about another kind of law. Think of it like this. He says, so I find this law, I find this to be a principle that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. That's a principle. That's a law. That's a thought. That's an idea. That's a reality. That's a force. Verse 22, for I delight in the law of God. That's one law. I delight in the law of God in my members, but, verse 23, I see in my members another law. So this isn't God's law, this is another law. This is that principle that when I want to do good, I don't do it. I end up doing the, right, or the wrong thing, right? So I see another law waging war against the law of my mind, what he knows is right, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members, He's talking about the flesh, this principle, this force. Paul is using law here as a metaphor to express the power of indwelling sin, the constraint that it feels like it has on him. I mean, he says here that it makes him feel like a captive. Your translation, the old King James says, it made him feel like a prisoner. 
that he felt captive to his flesh, to a sin, that, it, that it's that strong. And that when he wants to do the right thing, he ends up doing the wrong thing because this sin living inside of him is so strong. So here's where we are. We have this sin living inside of us, and there's this principle that when we want to do good, there is something inside of you that keeps you from doing it. And let me just say as an aside, by the way, if you think that there is something inside of you, if you think you're doing something good in your own strength, you are deceived, right? Because verse 18 clearly says that we have the desire, what does it say? For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. In your flesh, on your own, you do not have the ability to do what is right. Think about Jesus talking to his disciples in John 15. What does he say? I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, if you're in Christ, you can bear much fruit. But Jesus says, apart from me, on your own, in your flesh, you can do nothing. We can't do anything good on our own, in our flesh. So, we've got this sin in us. We have this principle at work that when we want to do good, evil is right there at hand and, 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 and brings us captive, has this strong force that keeps us from doing what is right. Why is this important? This answers the question of why I am not the best version of me. Why I am not the me that I want to be. Why I am not the me that God made me to be. Why I am not all the way made new. Here's the reason why. Because when we try to do what is godly, and I think we should probably say especially when we try to do what is godly, our flesh, this indwelling sin, fights hard against us. Listen to me. Here's the principle. Any godly thing you desire to do or try to do, your flesh will oppose. I wrote that sentence. And as I thought about it, I thought, that's not strong enough. Anything godly you try to do, your flesh will oppose like it just says, it goes, I object to you doing something godly. What does he say in the text in verse 23? That it wages war against you trying to do something godly. That it will stop you by any means possible to keep you from doing something godly. Listen, this explains a lot. Do you see how practical this is? Think about it with me. Have you ever noticed that you can get on your phone, or you can get on a tablet, or you can get on the TV or the computer, and you can spend hours looking at YouTube videos, cat videos, I mean crazy stuff, right? You can get on TikTok watching people do silly dances for hours. Instagram, boy, I'm just flipping through here. Oh my goodness, oh, somebody had a birthday. Hours. But then you put this down, and you try to spend five minutes in prayer or the word and what happens oh i'm so sleepy i'm so tired i can't hold my head up. i can't hold my eyes open i'm so distracted by other things that's the flesh that when you try to do something godly 
it wages war against what you try to do to move in the direction of God. Think about it. When you make plans to attend on Sunday, I'm going to be there Sunday. I have lunch with people. Oh, I'm going to be there Sunday. But you start making plans, all of a sudden your flesh makes where you start thinking about all the things you need to do. Or all the things you have been doing and now you're real tired and you need to sleep in because you don't want your resistance to get down and get sick. That's your flesh making war against you taking a step towards God or doing something godly. Think about community groups. People say, I'm going to take time to be in a small group. But then all of a sudden you hear that voice, don't you? You don't need other people to grow in the faith. You can do it just Jesus and you, right? You don't want to go to somebody's house. You don't know what's going on there. You don't want to be in that group. You don't want to be around those people. Man, our flesh fights hard. We can listen to podcasts. We can listen to music. We can listen to whole books. But you try to listen to a sermon, all of a sudden you're sleepy. You're distracted. Listen, this explains why. Indwelling sin wages war against anything godly by any means necessary. Distractions, surprises, accusations. You going to go to church and go to small group after what you did this week? After what you said? You think you got any business going someplace? Our flesh wars against anything godly that we try to do. <laughs> it's depressing. I was preaching through this sermon like, man, that's depressing. Why are you telling us this? Why do you begin a sermon series with this? Here's why. Listen to me. This is why it's important to know this. Because God wants you to know that any gain in the Christian life, any part of your old part being made new, anything good you try to do or desire to do will involve a fight against your flesh. You just need to be aware of that. You know, there are people who have tried to walk our path, right? Pray and be in the Word every day, attend on Sunday, take time to be in the community. And they try it, and, and, and they're just, for a lot of reasons, it doesn't work. And they just think, well, Christianity's not for me, or I'm not going to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm not going to be a follower of Jesus, because it just doesn't work for me. Listen, you need to know that if you walk this path, it's going to be a fight, because of your flesh, your indwelling sin. The Apostle Paul struggles with it. And every follower of Jesus struggles with it as well. Now I need to say here that the flesh is not our only problem. Okay, there, I understand there is the world out there that tempts us, that deceives us. That's real. I understand that there is the devil. Right? There is a real spiritual power that wants to tempt you and to deceive you. And those things are both outside of you. But the world and the devil basically distract you and attempt you and appeal to you by appealing to your flesh. So if we learn to fight our flesh, it helps us to fight them as well. So yes, basically what I'm saying is it's worse than you thought. It's not just your flesh, it's the world and the devil too. All those things are against us. All those things are against us growing in the faith. Oh my, what hope do I have? Even if I want to do the right thing, I can't do it. I got this indwelling sin. I got the world against me. I got the devil against me. What hope do I have? If you're thinking that right now, that's a good place to be. And here's the reason why. 
that before we can be made new, before we can be all that God would have us to be, we've got to get to verse 24. We've got to get to that place that says, Oh, wretched man that I am. We have to get to that place that we say, What hope do I have? I want to do right, but I see that I'm not. I want to do the right thing. I want to be godly, but I see that every time I try, I fail and I fall short. We've got to get to that place. We have to see our indwelling sin in order to have any hope, in order to hear the hope. But listen to me. If you are a child of God, there is great hope. Oh, good. I was hoping there'd be some, right? You are being made new. And it's because of two new things that God gives you as a child of God. There are two new things. And listen, we're going to talk about these as we go through the series, but I just want you to hear the hope that we have right now. And I want you to see that God promised them to us in the Old Testament when he's just talking about the new covenant in Jeremiah 31. When he's talking about the new covenant in Ezekiel 36, he mentions these two things. Let's look at Ezekiel 36. God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel, and here's what he says. He says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Did you hear the two new things? We get a new heart. In a new spirit. Let's briefly look at those. We'll unpack them more as we go in the series, but I just want you to hear the hope that we have today. First, a new heart. Listen, if you are in Christ, you have a new heart. If you are in Christ, you have new desires, new wants, new delights. If you're in Christ, he's taken away your heart of stone and given you a softer heart that desires the right things, that wants the right things, that delights in the things of God. Do you see that in the text? (laughs) Paul says, I want to do good. That's because he's got a new heart. He says, in my inner being, I delight in God's law. (laughs) I can't carry it out. I don't have the ability to do it. But in my inner being, I delight in God's law. That's because he has a new heart. If you don't have a new heart, you don't want to do what's right. You don't delight in God's law. Listen to me. Encouragement to the believer. As powerful as indwelling sin is, it does not rule your heart. We have good desires because God's given us these new wants, these new delights. Let me just ask you, do you have those? I'm not talking about do you carry this out perfectly. I'm asking, do you want to? Do you delight in the law and see it's good? Do you, want, do you see God's law and want to live that way? I know you don't have the ability. I'm asking, do you want that? If you don't, just be honest and say, I don't even desire that. Because if you don't desire it, it just means you haven't been given a new heart. It means you need to pray, Lord, give me a new heart. We'll talk about that more next week. The second thing he says here is you get a new heart, you get a new spirit. And look at what he says about the new spirit. Look at verse 27 of Ezekiel 36 again. He says, I'm going to give you a new heart, a new spirit. But then when he repeats it, he says, and I will give you my spirit. And look what it does. It causes you to walk in my statutes. 
to be careful to obey my rules. In your flesh, you don't have the ability to do that. But when we get a new heart, we desire to. And when we're filled with the Spirit, we are enabled. The Holy Spirit enables us to walk in God's ways. Now, we're going to talk about that more, but just look at it right here in the text where we are. That's where Paul goes, you realize, in Romans 7, right? He's just said, verse 24, wretched man that I am who delivered me from this body of death. Verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, my old man, I serve the law of sin. Keep going. That chapter is artificial, that distinction there. Paul's just writing a letter, and what does he say? Therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You hear that? That means if you have a new heart and you desire to walk in God's ways, that you're a child of God, he understands there's going to be a struggle, that you're not going to carry these things out perfectly, that you have the desire but you don't have the ability. And he's saying there's no condemnation for that. That that shouldn't keep you from coming to him, from getting up, from trying again. There's no condemnation in that for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, here it comes. For the law, we got another law at work here. For the law of the Spirit, the Spirit of life, has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. We're going to unpack this more, but listen, just hear me today. That captivity, that that constraint that you feel from your inner person there is freedom from that available in Christ Jesus that's what verse 2 says keep going how does that happen verse 3 for God has done what the law what was written right the old law God's law what the law weakened by the flesh could not do God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh verse 4 in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. That's what Ezekiel had promised, right? God through Ezekiel. That the law be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Oh my. Do you see that? That the Spirit enables us to fulfill the law. How does that happen? I want to do that. How is it that I walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh? Keep reading. Look at verse 5 and 6. Paul says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the thing of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Good, I want to walk by the Spirit. Well, then you need to set your mind on the things of the Spirit and not on the things of the flesh. Well, how do I do that? <laughs> Pray and read the Bible every day attend on Sundays, take time to be in a community group, do all these means of grace that we've talked about. That's the way that we have a mind that is in the Spirit, that is full of the Spirit, that it enables us to walk in the way God calls us to. But, first part of the sermon, as soon as you try to pray every day and attend on Sunday and take time to be in a community group, your flesh will fight you tooth and nail. It will be a war to walk in the Spirit because you're fighting your flesh. We'll talk about that more as we go. But let me just say here in Romans 8, oh, there's good news here. For those who are in Christ Jesus, just here, child of God, listen, that in your struggle... 
There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That in fact, there is liberation. We can be set free from that law of sin and death. That there is what? Liberation. That freedom that only he gives in order for us to walk in his ways for sanctification. We'll talk about that and unpack that as we go. All right. Let me just land this plane today. By summarizing in this way, if I were leading a community group tonight, I would ask people one of two questions because everybody needs one of these two things. What can I pray for for you? You need a new heart or do you need a new spirit? Because we all need one of those things. You need a new heart, you need God to change your desires, or you need a new spirit, you need God's spirit to come living because that's the only way that we can walk in his ways. That's what I would ask. So let me just ask you now, do you desire to do godly things? Do you desire to grow in your faith? Do you desire to be made new in the likeness of Christ? If not, you need a new heart. Just be honest with God and yourself. Just say, I don't even desire this. Lord, would you give me a new heart? Take away my heart of stone and give me a, a heart that is soft to what you would have me to do. A heart that has your law written on it. Be honest with other people about it. Go to community group and say, I don't even desire this stuff. Would y'all pray for me that I would have a new heart? If you want somebody to pray after the service, Lee Taylor will be up here. James, who prayed in the service, he'll be up front. I'll be at the back door. We would love to pray for you. Paul Von Herman, one of our shepherds, is here in the front. We would love to pray that God would give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a chance to do it today. Don't leave without doing that. If you don't even desire these things, you need a new heart. But if you say, yes, I desire to do these things, I want to grow in my faith, I want to be made new in the likeness of Christ, but I've just fallen short, I have failed over and over again. If that's where you are, you desire it, but you're not walking in it, then you need to know that in order to walk your path, in order to be made new, in order to be all God made you to be, you must be aware of your flesh this indwelling sin inside of you that is constantly at war against the godly desires you have in your heart. You need to know it's there so that you're not surprised when doing what God calls us to do is hard, when it's a fight, when it's a struggle. Don't be shocked by that. Welcome to the Christian life. It's what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. But be encouraged as powerful as indwelling sin is, it does not rule your heart. And so for you, I would pray, oh God, thank you that I want to do what's right. Thank you that I've gotten a new heart. But I acknowledge I cannot do what is right. I do not have the ability to carry it out because of this indwelling sin. The prayer you need to pray is, Holy Spirit, come. Help me to set my mind on the things of the Spirit. I've been so focused on other things for so long, and I haven't been focused with, Holy Spirit, unless you come, I can't read the Word. And unless you come, I can't stay focused to pray. Holy Spirit, unless you come, I can't attend on Sunday. I can't go to a community group. Holy Spirit, please come and work in me. That's the prayer that you need to pray. I'm going to pray that for you right now. And then, Lee, if you'd give us about 60 seconds, I want you to pray. Because you're one of those two places. You either need a new heart or you need the Spirit of God. One of the two. So let me pray for you. Lee will give you about 60 seconds to pray, and then we'll sing that last song. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray for my friends, and, and I pray for myself. 
Every one of us needs one of two things. Father, some of us don't even desire to be made new. We don't want to walk with you. We don't see your law as good. For those of us that are right there, I just pray you'd give us a new heart. You'd take away this hard heart of stone, and you would give us a heart that is soft towards you. Father, for some of us, we desire to be made new. We want to be a follower of Jesus. We want to be more godly, but we just don't have the ability to do so. Father, for those of us who are right there, thank you for our new hearts. Thank you that we have new desires, new wants, new delights. But Father, we confess we don't have the ability to do any of this stuff. Holy Spirit, please come. Please turn our mind toward you. Enable us to focus on you long enough for us to set our hearts and our minds on the things of the Spirit. Please come and do that for your glory and for our good. Hear us now as we cry out to you in the silence of this time.